Welcome to our exchanges at Goldman Sachs Markets Update for Friday, May 22nd. Each week, we check in with a leader across the firm to get their quick take on what they're watching in markets. I'm Jake Seward, Global Head of Corporate Communications here at the firm. And today's return guest is Tony Pasquarello of our Global Markets Division. Welcome back to the program, Tony. Thanks, Jake. Good to be with you. So we've seen more and more states here in the United States easing stay-at-home orders and, and economic activity pick up a little bit. How are investors reacting to that trend? So I think the market has, has traded with a more positive tone recently, and optimism around reopening the economy is certainly one of the factors in that equation. So for example, if we look at a basket of the industry groups that were most impacted through this episode, call it restaurants, airlines, hotels, gaming, cruise lines, theme parks, those were stocks that came under immense pressure in the month of March, and they've traded considerably better of late. Now, I think as anyone who has a Twitter feed knows, interpretation of reopening data is subjective and uneven, but I would argue that most of the news flow this week, particularly around major cities like London and New York, paints a positive trend and investor behavior reflects that both institutional as well as retail investors. So there's also a lot of discussion around potentially more stimulus measures coming from the federal government. You know, unclear exactly what the outlook is there, but what are you hearing from clients around that? Are they baking in an assumption there'll be more stimulus? So first things first, the, you know, the past few months have already seen an extraordinary and unprecedented response on both the monetary side as well as the fiscal side. So whether it's large-scale asset purchases by the Fed or the series of fiscal packages that have come out of Congress, the collective policy response has been enormous in any historical context. As we look ahead, I think clients are looking for potential bolt-ons to sustain the trajectory policy, but no big bangs, the likes of which we saw in March and April. With respect to the Fed, We don't sense that investors are necessarily expecting much more in the near term. Now, there's been some talk around the contours of the asset purchase program and perhaps yield curve control further up the road. And the Fed has suggested they will not run out of ammunition. Uh, But again, I don't think expectations are high that a big monetary card will come down in the short term. On the fiscal side, clearly there's still a lot more that could come out of Congress, and plenty that is currently up for debate. Witness the recent bill put forward by House Democrats that was in the neighborhood of $3 trillion. And while that may not pass, it does suggest there's more fiscal relief on the come, and investor expectations are broadly aligned with that. In recent weeks, Tony, stocks have risen on news around potential therapeutic treatments, vaccine developments, and then they dip when there's some skepticism uh, around those results. How do investors, many of whom aren't trained epidemiologists or, or vaccine experts, how do they think about staying top of all these clinical trials and all the medical news as they're investing? So I, I think this is a very good question, and it's one that I recently discussed with Asad Haider, who's one of our healthcare experts within research. So here's what we say. Generally speaking, so far, the market has been somewhat agnostic as to where success comes from. So for example, the market in a general sense has rallied on positive headlines around testing. It has rallied on positive headlines around treatments. And it's rallied on positive headlines around vaccine. So I think you can argue that price action tells us that generalists, 
are looking at recent developments through a positive lens, at least on the initial set of headlines. That said, once the news has hit, there's also been something of a short-term fade in the stocks that are most leveraged to the news itself, which likely suggests that specialist healthcare investors, the true experts in the science of all this, may still reserve some optimism until we have more conclusive results. Given all of the moving parts and the number of companies involved, our research team has highlighted a basket approach to trade this theme, and that composite has maintained its outperformance despite some rotations under the hood, and we still think is the best way to implement the trade. Obviously, a ton of economic data, almost all of it pretty bad. What's one piece of news or data you're looking at in, in the week ahead? That's right. So apart from what we've already discussed, the monetary policy, fiscal policy, of course, the virus headlines, the other big story in the market narrative of late has been tension between the US and China. This is appearing in several different places, be it the ebb and flow of news from the president and the White House, specific policies that are being put forth from lawmakers, particularly as it relates to the equity listings of Chinese companies in the U.S., and on the other side of this, headlines that are emerging out of China's annual NPC gathering, which is happening right now. The market has dealt with this tension before. 2018 and 2019 certainly saw moments of tension and escalation in U.S.-China relations, witnessed the trade war and the tariffs associated with that. But one can argue that this time around, the inherent issues are perhaps more complex than just trade and commerce. So tensions are rising on a global basis. This is apt to be a significant theme, which will likely be with us through to the election in November, and one which is not necessarily easy for financial markets to calibrate. All right, Tony, you've been working from home for weeks now, trading from a little bit away from 200 West Street. What's one work from home hack you've learned while uh, working remotely? So Jake, perhaps not a hack, but I think for all the challenges of the curve setup, particularly for those people who are now both working from home as well as parenting from work at the same time, I do think there's recognition that some really good lessons have been learned through this period. As my longtime colleague and partner, Patty Raphael, put it, flexibility breeds productivity. And I've certainly felt that most people are working as much as they did in a normal state, if not more but the day is more flexible and is more productive without the friction of things like a commute or trips from 200 West Street to Midtown. So with that comes more time in the day to get things done. And with that certainly comes an opportunity to spend more time with your family. So while I think we all look forward to getting back to some semblance of a normal state, I also bet we'll look back at this time and miss many of the things that became part of the adjusted routine. Yeah, I hear you on that. Occasionally, I'm able to sneak in a little baseball with the kids in the backyard. Thanks for joining us today, Tony. Good to see you. That's all for this week's Markets Update on Exchange to Goldman Sachs. And in case you missed it, check out our other episode this week with Margaret Anadu, head of the firm's Urban Investment Group, on the state of small business lending during this COVID-19 crisis. Thanks for listening, and we hope everyone is staying healthy and safe. This podcast was recorded on Friday, May 22nd, 2020. Thanks for listening. All price references and market forecasts correspond to the date of this recording. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research or recommendation from any Goldman Sachs entity to the listener. 
Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast, and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Goldman Sachs, and Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of investment advice by Goldman Sachs to that listener, nor to constitute such person a client of any Goldman Sachs entity.